The Podcast Show. Giving ideas a voice. Hello and welcome to The Podcast Show, a show where we feature podcast hosts and their journeys in podcasting here in Asia. My name is Shida Osman and I am joined today by a very familiar name and a mentor to me, Graham Brown the host of our native podcast, Asia Tech Podcast. Hi, Graham. How are you today? Hi, Sheeta. Thanks for inviting me to your show. I'm so excited right now. I'm nervous <laughs> at the see. same time. No, this is your show. This is your show. I'm just a guest. <laughs> We're pushing it back and forth right now. Um, so how are you feeling today? I'm really good, yeah. I'm really glad to be here. And I'm enjoying so, this so moment. I don't usually sit this side. I was, yeah, we, we had a chat yeah. before this. I was asking you whether you sat in the guest seat before. Oh, this is what it's like all my years of doing <laughs> podcasts. Is it like a different feeling in comparison? Um, well, yes, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose I've got to not be the host. <laughs> <laughs> but is the <laughs> feeling like. take over. But is it like questions. much more mellow or much more. I don't really know. I mean, as a, I'm at the stage now, I think when I'm doing podcasts, I feel the same. Like, I'm not really nervous. Oh, you still get nervous. I, yeah, maybe a little bit, mm. but excitement. But I think, you know, even like I hear rock stars. I don't call myself a rock star, but somebody who's really good at their craft. You are. <laughs> a podcast rock star. Somebody who's really good at their craft and done a lot of it. They still have the butterflies before they go on stage. And I think if you don't, then something's wrong. Very true, and it becomes a routine, yeah. right? And get a sensitized. We were talking about this as well. Yeah, we were doing it as a routine, right? So, let's get on with the show. Um, so, of course, this is like my second podcast, and of course, I'm learning about Asia Tech podcast and everything yeah. else, and I did my research as well. Um, I am curious to find out that I I know that you moved from Japan to Singapore. Yeah, right. Um. I just want to find out why specifically Singapore? Because I think it's a vast difference from Japan yeah. to Singapore, right? Yeah. But why specifically Singapore? Why not probably Shanghai mm. or Indonesia? Yeah, there's lots of options. That's the problem. Exactly. I think when you become location independent, meaning that you can earn money, mm -mm. you know, make a living anywhere in the world, then it sounds really good but in theory the flip side of that is you have too much choice like if somebody said to you like okay you're born here you're going to live here for the rest of your life mm. that's actually not a bad thing because then all that sort of energy searching yeah. goes away and if you um have lots and lots of options then the flip side of that is you, you might never be satisfied like you're always looking that's not utopia like there's always going to be something about a place so um, that's a sort of a bit of backstory to that. But, um, you know, I love Japan. I think, you know, anybody that's been to Japan will understand why. It's mm. a great place. Food, culture, people, amazing. I've never been there. Is it, is it yeah. really expensive? Yeah. Oh, I think Singapore's more expensive. Really? Yeah. Now, when I first went to Japan, I went to Japan in 1994 or five or something. I can't remember. Mm. And that was expensive. That was like when you could buy, there was a melon a Yubari melon, it's mm -hmm. called, which is like a hundred bucks. Not not Singapore dollars, but US. Ooh. Yeah. That was like famous. <laughs> so anybody that went to Japan and they were saying, 
there's a hundred dollar melon, go and get one. Okay, okay, I'll go and find it. That was the first thing you had to go and just look at it. You didn't buy one, you just looked yeah. at it. Wow, that's a really expensive melon. So there's all that kind of stuff. That's why Japan's a great place. And I think culturally it's amazing. It's got all history and, you know, anybody. I mean, I think now, now these days people are very aware of Japanese mm. culture, like music and anime and... Tattoos. Tattoos. And, all that. and people are aware of it. Like in my day, it was just like ninja samurai. Yeah, they have a really rich culture. Yeah. Like it's historically like really long and it's really interesting. Deep. Yeah. yeah. I think so. And yeah, I mean, people are sort of familiar with all the sort of cultural background to it. And you, know, you can eat for days. In Japan? Yeah, that food's amazing. I think just general everyday food's really good quality. What was your favorite food in Japan when you were there? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's lots to choose from yeah how long we got um i one of my favorite foods was like sashimi which Ooh. is just like the i'm not really big fan of sushi Mm-mm. i don't like the rice so much because it's quite heavy yeah. i just like i used to buy it used to every lunchtime there was a supermarket which would be like the equivalent of like giant Mm-mm. here i would go to giant and buy slices of well, not a big block of tuna like sashimi and make sashimi out of it and it was like i don't know four dollars huge so and really it was just fresh it was made by the auntie like, yeah she was there behind the counter cutting it away it's like just served it was she precise when she was doing it yeah exactly See, it was always 460 yen 460 yen every day <laughs> <laughs> so she had to weigh it <laughs> exactly that's what she she does for food prep every yeah, day yeah no but uh, they have that sort of attitude with everything like very um I wouldn't say perfectionist because it comes out in everything like service and like design mm. and culture. It, there's two sides to it. One is, so I mean, this is sort of a long arc to the, the question why a move from Japan. Yeah. You know, the one side of Japan, Japanese culture is that perfectionism, which is like you can look at it in the art, you know, like the bowls and the lacquerware and mm. even how they manufacture cars, you know, the, sort of the highest quality in terms of reliability. The, and also the trains are legendary. Of course. The bullet train turn up on time and all that stuff. And the, the flip side of that is they don't tolerate failure or mistakes. Mm. So much. That, that's, you can't have one or the other. So if you have a culture it's which is... all or nothing. Yeah, they go together. So, for example, if you're an entrepreneur, mm. you have to make mistakes. You have to take risks, right? Oh, okay. So the fact that trains don't run on time... Sorry, the fact that the trains run on time mm. also means that it's not a culture conducive to entrepreneurship. Ah, they work okay. together. Whereas, like, if you go to San Francisco, mm. there's no trains or there's no public transport really to speak of, right? True. There's graffiti everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was why that's I moved it. from Japan to Singapore. Is that Singapore is a lot more open to entrepreneurship. There's a safe... But let's just say there's a safe space for mm. to grow... As a business in comparison yeah. to, is that right? Well, I, yeah, I mean, in Japan also you have, um, you know, like, uh, there's two factors really. One one is there's a very small young population. It's disappearing. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, where's that energy of a change coming in? Mm. Like in, in here in Singapore, at least we have like an immigrant population or, you know, younger people to speak of yeah. changing stuff. Like you've got people coming in from the outside with ideas. Japan doesn't have that. You know, they're very closed. And on the other side, you have um, 
you know, like all these sort of big corporates like the Sony's, Mitsubishi's, Panasonic. Huge company. Yeah. So why would you be a, you know, a startup entrepreneur when you can just disappear into the machine of Sony for 50 years? True. And you just be looked after. They'll never fire you. Yeah. It's like no risk. Yeah. Sometimes you have to take the leap. Yeah, you have to. (laughs) I think so. So I think, you know, Japan's an amazing place. But at the end of the day, I think there's sort of that inner burning question about what drives you. And you can't, if if that drive is big enough, you can't suppress it because it will just keep coming out. And eventually you have to either yield to it or change. You're going to give in or change. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you want to, if you're an entrepreneur, you want to make stuff. You want to, you know. Always evolve and innovate and create stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a better place for it here, I think. Learn something new about Japan. Still haven't gone there. We'll go, we'll go there soon, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great place. Love it. I, I think I'd live there, like, mm. if I didn't have to make money mm. or didn't have to build a business, Mm-mm. it would be awesome. You know, you could just happily live your days there. Sashimi every day. Sashimi and, you know, it's safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I heard. My yeah. dad was there and he was saying that the place is safe as well yeah okay so um let's get into your podcast let's do it podcast um i'm curious to find out um let's start let's begin with the name asia Asia tech sorry asia tech podcast Mm. was there any other names that was shortlisted why that name specifically um (laughs) wasn't very imaginative (laughs) (laughs) it's like down the road there's a curry house called indian curry house (laughs) it says what it does all right (laughs) <laughs> but I'm just curious to find out Is there any like names that were shortlisted? No? Um, I had a podcast before this called Founder FM Oh yeah. Founderfm.com How long ago? How long ago was like before Asia Tech Podcast Right before It was about founders FM Oh <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was quite a cool name But um, I wanted to make it I mean, it was not just Asia mm. you know, I was doing that in Japan at the time so uh, I guess I just kind of wanted to make it more Asia specific mm. rather than just founders. Yeah. Cause like they were found like a niche market. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's big, it's mm-hmm. a big niche, but it was more about Asia. Like, you know, I think, you know, it comes back to the, why you, like, why are you the right person to do this? Right. It, to me, it was easier to answer if it was Asia cause I was here. Yeah. Right. Whereas founders, it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe there's a guy in the Valley who's got a, a better show with more founders on it. Yeah. Right. But true. there wasn't a guy in Asia doing tech. Mm. Right. Yeah. True. Very, so, very true. Yeah. It wasn't an imaginative title, but <laughs> it says what it does. Yeah. It's, okay. it was a start. <laughs> I don't think, uh, that's the thing. Don't, I mean, advice to anybody is don't worry too much about names or. Mm. It's straightforward. Yeah, Asia just, tech podcast. Yeah. Straight to the point. Good. Thank you. <laughs> um, so my next question would be, What's the motivation behind um, Asia Tech Podcast or as a whole as you're a business? Uh, what was the motivation? Was it storytelling or was it strictly um, just um, sharing information and sharing with everyone about, you know, um, the digital transformation mm. and all the market about big data and the, the way that 
you know, like marketing and advertising revolved to digital, what was the motivation behind Asia Tech Podcast initially? Uh, so the podcast mm. rather than the business. So um, I think it sort of it goes back to that point about, uh, I think, you know, if you do a podcast, do it for the people that you meet mm, first sure. and the audience second. And for me, it was an opportunity to meet interesting people. Mm. And, uh, you know, like I, I've lived on tropical islands. I've, you know, actually lived on them rather than visited them, right? And uh, and for a lot of people, that sort of seems to be like living the dream. But I think what I realized through doing it, and you've got to do it to realize actually that's not what it's about. Mm. And in, in sort of trying to discover what it is about, it's just sort of that whole sort of life journey, isn't it? Like, yeah. Why am I here? And what makes me happy? And living on tropical islands, you sort of fed this image of like, if you live on a tropical island, yeah. like your life is complete. You'll be swinging in this hammock with a laptop. But you'll be, it's the same, you know, compound every single day. Yeah. Initially, you're, you know, going to break out, right? I think what you, I think you realize what you really want, mm. which is like, for me, it was people. Yeah. You know, and that that's what I missed, like living on tropical islands. Interesting people. There were interesting people, of course, but you saw them every day. Yeah, yeah, for a long time, totally understand. Yeah, yeah. You, you want that sort of change and you, you want, I suppose as well, like what one thing I enjoy doing a podcast for is like you meet people who challenge you mm. in, in a way that makes you better. Mm, very like on, on a tropical island, like, it's there. Yeah. It's just there. Yeah. And it, like maybe a stranger comes once in a while, but mm. it's sort of like, you know, driftwood coming Remote, in. Remote, right? yeah. But, you know, like that, I mean, at the end of the day, you sort of say, okay, well, you know, staring at sunsets, nice. Mm. But actually what makes me happy is like talking to people. To and story. evolved as well. Yeah, exactly. Feel like you're growing. Mm. So uh, I think then the question is, is, you know, it's that question about what makes you happy. Does does achieving some state make you happy? Like for a lot of people, they may think, oh, if I get this car, I'll get this job title, I'll get this house, I'm going to be happy. If I live here, I'm going to be happy. Or is it, I think, doing more of what makes you happy? Mm. You know, that's very, very simple. Like if riding a bike makes you happy, you build a lifestyle where you can do that. If talking to people and learning stories and storytelling makes you happy, start with that objective then work backwards to say what kind of job mm. do i need to have where i can get paid for that yeah and okay if i start with that then i work backwards and say oh actually you know what podcasting you mm. can do that and meet interesting people so it's sort of like to answer your question why is your tech podcast it was the means to achieve the end and the end was that happiness which was like interacting with people learning storytelling and it was a tool to get there rather, rather than the objective in itself right because yeah. it I believe that if you do that, it, it, you know, if I'm doing this like every day until I'm in my box, mm. I'm happy. It's like, okay, I don't need to retire. I'll just keep doing this because I enjoy doing it. Yeah. And I think for me, that's sort of success. I think I share the same sentiment as well because happiness is, it's not a compound where you just stay there. It's a constant state of change mm. where you constantly chase something, dreams and aspirations. So, I can yeah. relate it there. Do as you well. sit and think about that much? My, it's like you as well. My brains is to like sleep is ridiculous. Noisy. It is. It's noisy. Yeah. So it's it's pretty much the same. But what is that? 
Do you the think noise that's, just, that's just hardwired noise? Like the when noise you're born, in my head. Well, I'm not like your specific noise, mm. but what is that? I mean, because I think there are people out there that don't have that. There's a lot of people who happily just kind of sit and meditate. Mm. For me, usually, like I said, happiness it happiness varies for everyone. But I think for me specifically, 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 yeah. Um, because I grew up with my parents and they're happy where they are. Like my wow. mom is a full-time housewife. She is. Uh, she came from Malaysia and she was there. But my dad, even though he is 65, he is still listening to the latest songs. He is one of my perfect examples because he constantly evolves. Yeah. He is the perfect uh, example of timeless and mm. change at the same time. So I, I guess it's. What does he listen to? What What was he surprised? He you? knows the latest songs like from Selena Gomez, which I did not know about. Which <laughs> BTS. That's, he knows. That's a thing. He knows. <laughs> but um, I guess going back to the question, I think, like I said, the drive for that. Like, people don't know this. Like when you said about the list, like mm. you have a house and you have a car and mm. everything. For me, I share the same sentiment because. Like the happiness that you chase is actually not a grocery a grocery list, quote unquote. Mm, it's more list. than that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I guess that just ends. Like it's just like trying to get through life as fast as possible, isn't it? To the it's other just end. being there. It's not living in. Yeah, that's tough though. That's the hard part. That's because we're sort of conditioned otherwise, right? It's the heart against the mind. Yeah, and you got to kind of expose yourself to. That, you only change really when you expose yourself. As you get older, it gets harder, obviously, because you become more successful. You, you become more sort of ingrained in your way. Yeah, got all the jigsaws coming in. Yeah, <laughs> the flotsam and jetsam that surrounds <laughs> you, life. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it just reminded me mm. when I remember when we met Tony Fernandez. I want to drop that name in here. <laughs> but he, uh, when he, we were talking about music, he said that he knew DJ Khaled. And his son didn't. Another one. Yeah, and he dropped that on him. And he was like, I don't know if you remember that. I'm sort of pointing at Barrett. But yeah, I was surprised by that. And he knew BTS as well. Because his background was in music, yeah, right? right. Listen to the podcast. But I like that. I mean, I think that's a good example, isn't it? Because like, music's such a classic example of when you harden to the world, isn't it? It's not like when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> even when, you know, like when. Uh, you, you grew up listening to a certain music and then you hear the next generation, like your kids or like younger people talk about music. You're always sort of, in a way, you say, you know, like punk, for example, was mm. like popular when I was a kid. Like they were real rebels. Like kids these days, they're not punk. They're not real rebels. But it's always that sort of like trying to take it away from that younger generation because it then sort of hardens your position to change, doesn't yeah. it? Like yeah. it's, we, we did that. We did that reb, that rebellious thing. Yeah. It's all done now. It won't happen again. You kids are just like commercial sellouts. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. true, but music plays a huge part. Yeah, yeah I think so. And that, I think you find out a lot of podcasters as well. Exactly. It's audio. And that interview with Tony Fernandez was really interesting because who would have thought, you know, like music is a huge part in his life. Yeah. Well, in everybody's life, I think that's... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. It's yeah. true. Especially, like, for the genre hip-hop. Yeah. Like, so many kids, you know, grew up, like, in poverty, and they listen to that, and they get the, you know, enthusiasm, and they go through life. Yeah. Well, we like music here. I think yeah. you have to. I think if you don't like music, then I don't know. Yeah, that's true. So, so let's get back to the Sorry, podcast. <laughs> it's a long... This is the podcast. <laughs> what do you mean, let's get back to it? This is how it as works. In, as in, like, your It's a rabbit podcast. hole. <laughs> 
Asia Tech Podcast. Um, I'm sure with every start, like when you're beginning something, especially like for in this context, we're talking about Asia Tech Podcast. Like I'm sure when you started it, you went through like uh, probably adversities. Probably doesn't matter whether it's small or huge. Like maybe you can walk through listeners like probably a few of them that was memorable to you or adversity. Hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, if you do anything worthwhile, it has adversity. Right? Mm. I think that is sort of the lesson that I've learned rather than sort of, you know, trying to fight the adversity. Like, why is this happening? Why is the universe conspiring against me? Just accept it's part of the process because mm. if it was, if there wasn't adversity, it wouldn't be worth doing. And I had this conversation, so shout out to Sam Gibb. <laughs> so Sam Gibb, um, a friend of mine who works, he's an advisor as well. Um, he, we had this chat about, there's a book, I really recommend it, a very short mm. book. And if, if you don't have time to read a 60-page book, then I'll give you a synopsis in mm. the next 30 seconds. It's called The Dip by Seth Godin. Mm. And The Dip basically um, is an idea that anything worth doing in life has a curve and the curve it's like it starts going up mm. and then it drops into the dip which mm. is like the valley of death and then it's sort of like once you're at the valley of death it goes up to a higher level mm-hmm. it's just very simple it's like every na- hollywood narrative ever right so you start doing something you're enthusiastic it could be imagine like you were running a marathon mm. as a you know starting a podcast i think of it as a marathon so you don't start and then sprint yeah because you'll be gone by like you know, mile two. And then you start this thing. So you pace yourself and you're enthusiastic. You're building up. And then it starts to go, oh, no. It starts to get a bit normal now. And the, the enthusiasm goes away. And like, that's kind of the adversity that I've faced doing the podcast. It's like keeping it going. Mm. And then uh, trying to keep the momentum going. And then it, it drops. And you get to a point where you think, oh, no, I, I want to give up. This is sort of the middle of the marathon. Yeah. And this is the dip. This is where the magic happens because when it drops it and you're at the bottom, mm. then 95% of people give up. Yeah. And that's good because it makes the value of getting to the other side much, much higher. Because if everybody got through to the other side, running a marathon wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, it would mean nothing. Yeah, it would be like you just take the, the trolley or the, the train to the other end and yeah. you get your medal and it wouldn't be worth anything. So to your point about adversity, yeah, lots lots of adversity. Starting a business is adversity. Yeah, like, of it, course. like every day. I mean, even now it's like there's nothing there's always some something happening that is challenging you. Mm. Or something that's um you know, making you wonder like why you're doing it, which I think is good in a way, because you have to sort of if you have to keep renewing mm. your vow, Evolving. your faith yeah. every day, like am I doing the right thing? And like if I'm turning up then obviously either I'm not questioning myself or, or I'm doing the right thing. Mm. Right? That's how I think of it. You know, like, you know, starting any business is hard because you, you have to go out there and hustle. Mm. Like, you know, I came to Singapore. I didn't know anybody. I knew nobody. That's why yeah. I asked you the first question. Like, hey, you, sh- you must be hard. Like. Yeah, I think so. But that's why I did it. <laughs> so, you know, this studio here was empty. Mm-mm. Like we built all this, like, I just put the shout out there to people and said, hey, I want to build a studio. And like, people turned up. It looks really good. Yeah, and they, they turned up and built it, right? And so 
I think that that was hard and like you know not having a clue about the the lay of the land here and mm. um, bringing a family here was hard starting a new business starting a podcast when people didn't get it you know it wasn't like I was coming here to start you know some software company yeah right? or you know that would be easy because people oh, yeah I get that I'll buy into that so it's starting here and it, when you're an outsider when you you're starting a new business when you like have no employees, no clients. Um, Completely from scratch. Yeah, it was, but that was how I wanted it. Like it wasn't like you know here you are. This is like just filling the gaps. It was like okay, I suppose in a way it was like okay, I've done twenty odd years of entrepreneurship, mm. and there's always kind of like lessons learned, lessons learned, and maybe a few regrets. Mm. Like I could have done it better, could have improved it. So in a way, it was just like. Okay, what if I started from scratch with all that knowledge? What would it look like? Yeah. You know, and that is kind of what happened here. Like I wanted to take all those lessons and apply it and say, right, without, you know, what would it like? Just clear the table and just see what you can do. Mm. And that was it. So, but that wasn't going to be easy. <laughs> but that's, that's usually, that's the thing for me. Usually for I am I am really, I think it's really a brave thing to completely move to a new country and start anew. I was in America for three months and I, <laughs> I was like, what am I going to do here? Because it wasn't on business purposes. Mm. It was like for a holiday, but it was scary. So that's why I always look up to people who actually completely start their business on a new country. Mm. That's why, yeah. And I think it's really inspiring. Mm. Well, you don't have to start a business, but I think you can just, take steps can't you in your life mm. you don't have to be a complete like you know risk taker yeah, yeah i think you take small like i don't think everybody it's for everybody true that i think people have different risk levels right mm -mm. and i don't think you'll change that that's just you and like your kind of like makeup right so yeah. i think you just take small steps and be around people maybe who can throw themselves off buildings you don't mm. have to do that <laughs> you can just kind of be around them do you know what I mean I think everybody's a little bit different so yeah. you can take small steps and even like starting here mm. was a step right yep you're better than I'm still happy yeah <laughs> you haven't thrown yourself off a building yet <laughs> we're working on you yeah okay. thank you for that um, so since we talk about adversities mm. What was the sweetest moment? What was the most memorable moment? Of the podcast? Mm, in the Asia Tech podcast. Uh, like probably any um, any guest. Oh, well. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. I know. I know. Uh, I, I, well, if you haven't heard it already, the Tony Fernandez podcast. I yeah. think that was a defining moment for us as a team. Mm. And, um, you know, we worked hard to get it. Mm -hmm. It said a lot about what, we were as a team because like you know he didn't like i mean i'm not going to go into the backstory to it because i've so told it so many times and mm. it's out there on the podcast but you know if he could have spoke to us about anything like you know help me find startups for our vc firm right mm. but he said no help me start a podcast so um it said a lot about who we were so that was a sweet it's, it's a vindication in a way it's like you know sweet confirmation that actually you know um or it'd been worthwhile you know because i don't know if that kind of you know like sometimes the universe 
sends you signals mm. and you got to read them i don't believe in a higher power or anything like that but i just think you know like chance is chance things happen yeah but if you leave the door open like it's going to walk in one day right mm. and i think you just have lots of doors open so i think it was great because yeah i can say i've done it that never changes right so in that sense it's good and it was also yeah it was good like good to meet the man and i think there's a kind of guest i enjoyed and Somebody who does really well on a podcast, I think, as well. Mm. You know, a CEO who is actually a human being. I know they all are, but a lot of them have handlers. Mm -mm. You can't ask Mr. Fernandez this question. We didn't mm. get any of that. Yeah. And even the PR guys, they were just cool. They're just sitting there. like They didn't say anything like you can and can't do. Yeah. Because, you know, here's a guy whose word can influence share prices, right? Exactly, yeah. And it, it, it's it's listened to by millions of people. So, you know, that, you, you can imagine if he says the wrong thing. Yeah. You know, oh, no, you can't talk about <laughs> that thing. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's a two-way communication model. I just, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just nice to know that, like I said, going back to the point that, you know, how we always, like, kind of get desensitized when yeah. we do things routinely. And when I listened to that podcast, it was like, yeah, he's... He's a he's really good. Yeah, yeah, you get that sense. I think you got to want to put yourself in that position, right? That you know, you're, you're sitting with somebody who you, you're really, I suppose, in a way, you're putting your life in somebody's hand for a short amount of time, mm. aren't you? Like, because you're not in control. Yeah. And if you're somebody who's used to being in control, True. especially as a CEO, that's hard, isn't it? Like, it is. You just sort of almost like, okay, I'm vulnerable. Ask what you want. <laughs> True. Go there if you want. <laughs> Very true. But it's also like human stories that you derive, especially mm. from that. You, the reason why I like listening to it as well is because it's human stories. You get to see like probably if you, like you said, CEOs, you, the listeners actually get to see them in a different light. Yeah. 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 And actually not empathize, but see them in a in a human story kind of angle. I think they're both, though, isn't it? I think that empathy is a key part of it, isn't it? Mm, like, very true. Actually, he's all right. You know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that effect is uh, worth a lot, I think. Yeah. You know, like, you, I, you know, I have this theory that there's this sort of real shift towards direct-to-audience communication. Mm. Like, you know, you see on YouTube, like, carpool karaoke style, mm. you know, like these sort of models where famous people are doing normal things yeah whereas jerry seinfeld and you know driving around in a car with mm. barack obama yeah something like that but I, in, in a normal car as well and I, I you know what is that what's going on there's a meta shift there and i think it's sort of those it, on the one hand audience wants it you know i want to know more about your life and like your backstory and are you real are you organic or whatever it is that's kind of how people think now and at the same time, I think for certain um, people, they're really tired of the BS. Like, you know, I want to sit here under the lights and have everything, like, you know, manicured. Filtered. Filtered, yeah. I want to be me. Yeah. And, I, you know, if you're uh, some kind of celebrity or, you know, a position of authority, mm. that's powerful. Like, you can just... Now, now people are ready for that, right? Yeah. You know, I think some leaders get it. And they're doing it. I know Barack and Michelle Obama are doing a podcast. Like, good for them. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Michelle. I don't know what it's going to be like. It could be mm. horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it could be. I mean, it's if it interesting. Was, if it was like a talk show with alcohol. 
<laughs> yeah, that would be awesome, actually. It would. Yeah, and that's cool. I, I'm like, you know, Donald Trump tweeting, Barack Obama podcast. Mm. Work it out. So there's a big difference. Go isn't figure. It? Yeah, yeah, it's true. I think that's the key, isn't it? Like, so. But that's the power of words. Advertising and marketing now has gone through a huge transformation of mm. digital instead of doing the traditional advertisements as well. It's like you said, it's the age of authenticity. Like everything is so filtered right now. Yeah. It shifts to like um, they. I think consumers now in general actually they want something that is unfiltered. That is, they will actually research mm. and see whether there's any good points. It's a good shift of opposites instead of just taking in content. Yeah. Them. yeah. We will research. I think. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. even people check stuff out, don't they? Like you know, people's social media profiles or whatever. And like people want to know about people. I, don't, I suppose it is. It's like why? Because it's trust, isn't it? Mm. If I buy that, am I going to be screwed over? Like, like your episode four nine two, we're talking about. I like that episode as well. Um, the digital uh, digital transformation. Yeah, we're talking about it often. That was good. It's yeah. now attention. Attention, yeah. But where, where does that come from? Like, I mean, you know, if I want to buy something, I go to Amazon and buy something, but all the reviews are fake. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a website called um oh god, I'm gonna forget it. But it's called a, like Review Meta, mm. ReviewMeta.com, and there's an it's a a Chrome extension. You can install it in your Chrome. So when you go to Amazon and look at a page, it will tell you. Mm. Like based on all these different algorithms, how much of those reviews are potentially fake, right? And it's really interesting because, like, you get a good insight mm. into how much reviews have been gamed, and it is scary because, like, even though you know, even though you know they're fake, mm. you still trust the fact they've got like a hundred reviews and it's four point eight out of five. We still somehow looking at it but like if you go into books mm. especially so my point is is like you, you know it's instagram filters gamed reviews like gamed headlines it's all going on so yeah the, you know i i sorry i'm just digressing but i, I went know, to universal studios yesterday and mm -hmm. i saw um you know shrek is obviously there mm. and like we went to the shrek 4d mm. display and it was kind of interesting so shrek obviously mike myers and like Eddie Murphy does mm. the donkey, Mike Myers is Shrek, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, again, my brain's ticking over, but I'm watching Shrek and you know, you've got like the donkey and the the princess, like the ogre princess. I don't know if you've seen Shrek. So I you know. Know. Princess Fiona. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> princess Fiona. I don't know who, is it Cameron Diaz? Yeah, does, yeah. Yes, it, right. was, it was. What I find really interesting about that, doesn't that say that you can computer generate and fake everything apart from the voice? Yep, in an instance. Yeah. So if you think about it, like the fact they didn't they didn't pick um not just random people to do who had good voices. Mm. They picked real people who we know and trust to do the voices. Yeah. Like but Shrek, anybody can like generate a computer image of Shrek, right? Mm. But Mike Myers' voice can't fake it. And how interesting is that, right? You can't do it the other way around. Yeah, you can't like use Mike Myers's face or Cameron Diaz's, you know, like persona and have a fake voice. Yeah, right. You can't sort of like create your own movies out of fake, like deep fake stuff. We spot it straight away, right? Mm -mm. So 
the point is, is that voice is the only thing left that you can't fake. It's really, really hard to fake. Very, very true. You know, like my son's got Snapchat and we've done all like the face swap stuff. The filter, yeah, like, they're fun though. <laughs> they are. I look like my dad, <laughs> like when you'd had the 10 years filter, all that stuff. And they're really good fun, but you cannot fake the voice. It's really, really hard. You can, you know, you've seen like that Google video about the fake call mm. that the, the, um, some robot phones up a restaurant and makes a reservation. Yeah. And wow. it does it really well, like with for voice. Mm. But that's not a conversation. This is a conversation. Yeah. Right? You can't fake that yet. It's really yet. hard. You, you can't the reason why you can't fake it, I think, is that you like a robot cannot make mistakes. Mm. And a robot cannot be vulnerable because it's not in it's by their design, they can't. Yeah. And, but that's what makes us human and therefore interesting, right? And therefore, when we talk, like, it's not perfect. Yeah. It's not like all the, uh. And <laughs> yeah, 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 all, all the that, fillers and, uh. Yeah, and all like mistakes. Yeah. Whatever that word you said that you could get out <laughs> earlier. That's real. And yeah. a robot can't laugh as well. So not, True. You, can't fake, uh, you can't fake a laugh. It's really hard. Yeah. So all those sort of human values, which robots can never do because they cannot make mistakes by design, make us interesting. And therefore, this is what it's about, I feel. <laughs> no, and it's interesting, like when you're talking about audio, I think that's the power of podcasting. People can, like we talked about this, like visuals and audio, you know, visuals, you can uh, produce content in mm. visuals. But without audio on a visual actually quite uh, difficult yeah. yeah but audio if you actually have conversations it's genuine yeah so genuine is the key word isn't yeah it? exactly it's really interesting that my head is like working <laughs> yeah well we're, we're, we're on to something i feel i think it's not podcasting is not happening in a vacuum it's happening because of the machine age and mm. ai and all that it's they're happening together and like people are seeing one or the other and I'm seeing them together. I'm saying like this is happening because of that. In the same way, Starbucks happened because of, you know, like societal shifts. Yeah. Coffee shops, social space came from Seattle, all mm. that sort of stuff. You know, so these happen, these, these things happen together. Yeah. Like one is a symptom of a cause and podcast is like a symptom mm. of this shift that's happening in society. I don't, and people haven't got that yet. So therefore I'm thinking that that shift is just going to continue to grow. Like yeah. it's going to be more and more machines. Yeah. But I think pertaining to that as well, it's a healthy shift because it's a balance of, in the most layman term, it's a balance of, um, the most simplest way, career and a life. You mm. just, it's putting them together. So it's being a human and having a dream as well. Yeah. yeah. Being human. It's quite hard. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. At this age, I agree as well. Um, so, um, a few last questions. Mm. I'm curious to find out. What's your current favorite podcast? <laughs> uh, well, I heard the podcast show is quite good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's my favorite, though. Um, but I'm going to listen to it when it comes out. Um, Joe Rogan? Yeah, he's up yeah. there. I, I think and I'm just constantly being exposed to new ones as well, like mm. for you guys as well. So I'm quite 
I'm, on the consumer side, I'm really interested in what's going on. Mm. You know, um, but I, I don't know, Joe Rogan, just because he kind of, he started it all, I think, really, in terms of... He's multifaceted, isn't he? Yeah. Like, he do personal and he do, like, consumers from the business side as well and all the big personalities. It just... We talked about this before. Mm. Like, for me, it's amazing how he grew within the years and the people that he interviews. He just sits there and he goes. And yeah. He just goes. Yeah. And it's not an interview in, in a way, is it? It's a conversation. Like, you forget the microphone. I think that's the art of podcast. You forget the microphone and the headphones mm. there, and you, you just go into a dark picture without any background, and it's just you mm. and the guest, and that's it. And it's just story. What was your favorite guest? Or what? Who's up there? You know what I'm gonna. Uh, Elon Musk. Yes, yes. I, but that was good. I mean, apart from the smoking the spliff incident, that was course. actually just to me a you know sideshow. The actual conversation was really good. Yeah, I agree. But. Um, the reason why I like that, I think, to go back to the point where it's a healthy shift of opposites, meaning to say that even if you're a really successful career person, mm. in that interview, Tesla is a huge company. Mm. The way that Joe Rogan sat down and talked to him, bring another angle in Elon Musk, and it makes him... It's not that he's not likable, but you can relate to him in simpler terms yeah. more. You know, instead of just looking of the success that he had. So I think that's that's why I like that episode. It's like in the old days, there used to be programs called Behind the Music. <laughs> Commercial <laughs> voice, Behind the Music. Yeah, well, that was cool. I enjoyed that. You actually got to learn about the band and their journey. and It's the layers behind it, yeah. yeah. Rather than just the success. Yeah. That's true. And to apply that for um, in the digital transformation, mm. like you said, like everything now is in layers. Yeah. Pr yeah. Manicured layers. Yeah. Like Instagram. It's yeah, it's true. It's true. And you like, like I said, consumers now are really smart. They go, yeah. they, go they go beyond the layers and they peel everything. And as long as it has a good intention. Yeah. But you've got to learn what the intention is, right? Correct. That's gotta, right. It takes work. Yeah. But you've got to put yourself out there. Have you seen just that uh, out of interest on Joe Rogan, mm. um, Abby Martin? No, is it the latest one? No, she's uh, quite a while back. She's a little bit controversial, but as as I thought, as a wannabe war journalist, you'd probably like her story. She's quite a badass. She's really, really good. She was on RT. Used to be a presenter there, and she left that. She was in uh, what was her profession? She was a journalist. Wow. Yeah, but she was sort of you know like exposing the truth. Yeah, mm. no, she was really good. I, I, I think her style she was on um joe rogan um but just out of interest i think it might be worth listening to if you're you know i'm that. still gonna listen to she's it. quite yeah she's i, I like her because she's badass and she's quite sort of um she doesn't talk like that but she mm. just really believes in something and she's willing to put herself out there but she talks in a um i, I guess the only thing is, is she's she's highly politicized so she didn't come out so well because like you want to kind of get beyond that a little bit yeah. like she's constantly in the mode which is great yeah and you want to kind of go beyond that and say so Abby what was it like at school yeah, yeah do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean like so I'm still going to listen to that when I it's interesting see what you think about mm -hmm. I will thank you for that recommendation um, okay so um, the last one that I want to ask for budding entrepreneurs and podcasters do you have any advice for them yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it probably Give me a bit of help. <laughs> like the best one. Um, like probably if 
what is the one key for them to keep on going? Because starting like a podcast, starting anything is, it's not yeah. easy. You have the idea. Yes. But how do you maintain, like, how do you go the whole way and actually not forget why you started it in the mm. first place? <laughs> <laughs> We've only got a few minutes. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, so, yeah, I suppose if you use the ma- marathon analogy, then um, the the key, I suppose, I mean, it's going to be tough. Mm. It's going to be hard. I think podcasting is a lot harder than it looks. YouTube's a lot easier. Agreed. For all the reasons that we said, it's hard to fake. Audio. Yeah, you just can't. And, you know, you just got to get started. I mean, everybody says you've got to get started, and that's obvious now. You just get started with whatever mics you can find. Mm-hmm. That is well established, but keeping going, the hard part, I think you, you need a, a team, a process. Doing it on your own is hard, and we see this. I don't think a lot of people fail mm. for that reason. 95% maybe. I don't know what the numbers are. Mm. I made that up, but that's probably not too far. <laughs> <laughs> not, you know, There's the hump to get through the dip. Um, surround yourself with good people. Mm. Using the marath- marathon analogy, um, it would be, uh, you know, look how far you've come rather than how far you've got left to go. Yeah. That's really important. That do it for the people you meet rather than the audience. I think that is probably one of the biggest lessons learned that, you know, you, forget about the audience. Just like do it for these conversations. And if every one of those conversations is good, then the sense you meet somebody is good. You get to learn about somebody that's interesting. Then that is enough. And the fact that other people are listening, mm. great. You know, that's cool. I, I think people worry too much about the audience. Mm. You know, um, whereas that what that then does is you sort of, in a way, miss out on the potential for your podcast to be a great business development tool, which is, you know, you could meet lots and lots of people in your industry or in your sector or whatever, and or people just like you and uh learn stuff and make new connections and yeah that's really cool and if you're always worried about the audience then you know it, it's tough because that's the bit you can't really control right yeah so i would always do it for great conversations i suppose that's what joe rogan did right yeah i don't think he gave too much of a, a flying if whatever <laughs> at the beginning um but he just did it with to meet interesting people. And eventually the people will come yeah. and build around that, right? So, yeah, that, that's where I'd start. Like, Just find that interesting subject. Find interesting people. Mm. Talk to them. Talk with them. And the rest should work itself out. Great sound advice. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if you want to find out more, go and... Um, you know, just go and check out, just become a student of success of podcasts, mm. find out what's interesting. You know, what do you like? What do you listen to? Like, go and go and just constantly expose yourself. It's like going back to the music, isn't it? Go yeah. constantly expose yourself. And we're forcing ourselves to do this as a team, right? Yeah. To new stimuli, yeah. you know, like listen to new podcasts, like, and, think about what's possible rather than just you get into that world isn't it like mm. I'm just gonna do these interviews every week and just keep churning them out and you won't grow a podcast like that true. it doesn't work very true because you're just merely going with the process and not coming out with yeah and i think that's why people fail they just keep doing interview 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 and it like it drops yeah rather than like bringing in new 
information like this is what these people do and it works I'll, i listen to this podcast it's really interesting let's take that bit and put it into mine so you know i think the key there is is there are successful models out there model them copy them and build on them and rather make, than try and do it all yourself and make it better instead yeah. of just copying it right that's evolution <laughs> true good. so it works nothing was original in this creative industry true Everything is always like from here yeah. to there. Yeah. Clone. Really sound advice. Thank you for Thank that. You. So for a closing, uh, where can the listeners find you? Brad? On the podcast show as a guest. <laughs> Seriously, I just realized that. I mean, if you want to get good at podcasting, listen to Sheeda's show. Mm. Yeah, surely that's where it should be, right? That's what it's about. See? Like if you want, because you're going to be interviewing podcasters reg regularly, mm. right? So... What a better way to learn about the craft and to listen to it here. So, um, and me, mm -hmm. well, I'm just here <laughs> hanging out. You can go to Asia Tech Podcast, mm -hmm. ATP.show. Okay. My stuff. All right. Thank you, Graham. It was interesting. <laughs> Thank you yeah, so enjoyed. much. Thank you, Sheeta. Thank you. That was the podcast show powered by Pitch Media Asia. My name's Graham Brown. Now, the podcast show is all about turning your idea into a podcast. So if you want to join us on that journey into the world of podcasting, head over to our SoundCloud channel, which is available at thepodcast.show slash SoundCloud, thepodcast.show slash SoundCloud, where we'll be sharing regular advice and tips on how to turn your idea into a podcast. Subscribe, like, follow on the SoundCloud channel. And any comments and questions that you may have, then leave them on individual shows. I look forward to hearing from you.